Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. This book is not good for you. Secret series by Pseudonymous Bosch. Book three, chapter 37. The Secret Keeper. She entered the cat food trailer. Three days later, Cass found Pietro and Mr. Wallace deep in conference around a small card table. They stopped speaking as soon as they saw her, leading her to believe correctly that she had been the subject of their discussion. Cassandra! Um, un acabrio prego, Pietro stood up, opening his arms for an embrace. So you have the cl- so you have clown camp today, huh? He asked, re- releasing her. Cass forced a smile. Yeah, somehow I convinced my mom that it was the best way to keep me out of trouble. Ha! Pietro laughed heartedly. Cass looked awkwardly from Pietro to Mr. Wallace, who was standing in stone silence. So, can I talk to you guys for a second? Of course, any time, said Pietro. Mr. Wallace appraised Cass with a grim eye. We know what you want to know, Cassandra, and the answer is we don't know. But you're the only you're the ones who gave me to my grandfathers. That's true, but I never met your parents. I don't know where they're living or even if they are living. As far as I know, the names on your birth certificate were made up. So why did you have so why did you have me? How did you get me? I don't understand. Sit down, Cassandra, said Pietro. He gestured to a nearby stool, which she reluctantly took. Your parents they gave you up for your own protection, so the midnight sun it would not know it would not know where you were a lot of good that did cassandra said bitterly believe me i never met for you to get into involved with the turkish society let alone the midnight sun said mr wallace but pietro thought that you were ready no pietro corrected i knew that the midnight sun was going to find her whether she was ready or not and they did as it is it not better that she is with us who am i cast demanded don't talk about me in third person Mr. Wallace hesitated. Oh, how I wish your grandfathers had destroyed that box. Tell her, Wilton, said Pietro. At least we can wait. Can we at least wait until she's 18? Cass is an energetic girl. I give you that, but she is such, but such responsibility. Tell her, Wilton, or I will. We have no choice. She knows way too much already. They know way too much, and we've talked about this. Very well, Cass. Cass? I know you take an interest in disasters. What do you call yourself again? A survivalist, Cass said defensively, and don't and I don't just call myself that. Good. Because what I'm about to tell you, it will demand all of your survival skills and more. What are you talking about? Cass, Mr. Wallace said solemnly. You're the secret keeper. There is one ev- there is one every hundred years. Your job is to know what no one else knows, to keep what the hardest to keep. You mean, am I supposed to know the secret? You mean I'm supposed to know the secret? That's right. I thought nobody was supposed to know it. I mean, not even you know it, right? Nobody but you. Let's say you are the exception that proves the rule. 
Cass sat in silence for a second, trying to grasp what he was saying. But how can I know if, how can I know it if nobody knows it? Is it written somewhere? Mr. Wallace shook his head. Then how am I supposed to? I think you already know the answer to that, said Pietro, putting it, putting his hand on her shoulder. But Cass wasn't sure that she did. She wasn't sure at all. Later that day, Cass stared out the window at the raggedly half hole that was in Max Ernest's father's half house. It's like the best day and the worst day at the same time. I know, said Max Ernest, straddling the one-foot gap that had run down the length of his bedroom floor ever since his parents had attempted, only half successfully, to put their two houses back together. It's like you feel like you don't know who you are. Yeah, just like that, said Cass, surprised but glad to know Max Ernest understood how she felt. As we know, Max Ernest wasn't very good at feeling. Like you've been living a lie all these years, Max continued. Mm-hmm. It's almost like waking up in a different body. Exactly, smiled Cass. I mean, it was the last thing I expected. Everything came back to negative. Everything. How about that? Cass looked at her friend in confusion. Wait, I'm talking about me. You know what Mr. Wallace told me about me being the secret keeper and everything? What are you talking about? My allergy test, of course. Haven't you been listening to a word I've been saying? Your allergy test? Yeah, the results came back. All negative. You mean you're, you're allergic to everything? Worse. I'm allergic to nothing. He turned around and pulled up his shirt so that Cass could see his back. You see anything? Like a welt or a rash? Uh, not really. Just some dots. See? How about that? They prick my back with all these chemicals and venoms and I don't react to any of them. Disappointed, he turned back to Cass. Now Cass was really confused. What's wrong with that? Shouldn't what's what's wrong with that? Shouldn't you be happy? Happy? But what about my allergies that kept me alive? He didn't eat Hugh. I didn't eat Hugo's chocolate because of them, and now my parents talk to each other. My life's over. Cass laughed out loud. How could you respond like that? What? Now you think I'm funny too? Everything is terrible. What? And now I, th uh, Max Ernest, listen to me. It wasn't because of your allergies that you didn't eat the chocolate. It was because you were being smart. Yo Yoji and I were being crazy. Anyways, the good news is that you can try chocolate now. I know, said Max Ernest, calming down. Actually, I bought a chocolate bar as soon as I got the test results back, but I've been too scared to eat it. Well, where is it? Frozen in a block of ice in the freezer. Get it out now! Now? Max Ernest repeated, frightened. Yes, now. She pointed to the door. The expression on Max's face as he swallowed his first bite of chocolate can only be described as ecstatic. It was like a blind person seeing for the first time or like a baby discovering television. Now I get it, he said. Why didn't you ever tell me how good chocolate was? I don't know. I guess I thought everybody knew. Max Ernest shook his head. What do you think would happen if I... If I only ever ate chocolate for the rest of my life. You'd get sick. No, no, that's not true, Max Ernest declared with all of the, with all of the fervor of a religious convert. I read that it has antioxidants. It makes you live longer. As long as you don't get heart attacks. How about that? And as Max Ernest refidized about how wondrous health affects his newfound love, chocolate, 
Cass thought about the very strange and possibly very unhealthy effects on the chocolate, certain chocolate bar in her possession. She'd been carrying it around with her in her backpack ever since Hugo gave it to her. Suddenly, she realized why. Shirty knew how to find the secret, Pietro had told her. She thought that she was talking nonsense, but now she understood. Shirty knew the secret, but it was the point. The secret was inside of her. It was just that she had to dig it out. With a solemn sense of determination, she reached into her backpack and pulled out the plastic baggie that contained Hugo's last last palette Dior. Max Ernest's eyes lit up. Is that more chocolate? Can I have it? It's Senior Hugo's. Oh, I'm not sure. Do you think I should? I mean, it looks good, really good. He reached in for the chocolate. His eyes glazed, mouth watering. He sn- she snatched it away from him. You can't. Why? You already had one. It's not for you. Why? I want it. You have to make up for chocolate, all the chocolate you have never eaten before. Because I'm going to eat it, she said. He made it for me. Who? You You are? What are you saying? Was it like, what What was I saying? Exclaimed, exclaimed Max Ernest, coming to his senses. We can't eat the chocolate. Nobody can. It's dangerous. But why would you want to do it again? It's just something that I know I have to do. It's like, it's like what Lily tells Yo Yoji. You have to go for, to go forward. You must go back. So you want to become a samurai or, or like a charm, a snake charmer? Neither. I'm going to go into my own past. Remember, or my ancestors' past. Max Ernest stared at her. You're serious, huh? She nodded. Is it to find out the secret? In a way, it's hard to explain. To find out who your parents are? Yes, but no. I mean, I know who my real parent is, my mom, but I still need to know who I am. What it, that's what I need to find out. Not the secret, my secret, but it's kind of the same thing, I think. What if you don't come back? What if we don't ever, what if we don't even have the tuning fork anymore? Yes, we do. I thought you gave it back to Miss Johnson. I'm going... I'm going to, just not yet. She pulled the infamous object out of her backpack. Her grandfathers had convinced her to return the tuning fork to the principal, and everyone else had agreed it would be for the best. She'd been stalling as long as possible, as if she'd known she would be needing it again and again. Max Ernest was starting to panic, but this chocolate was stronger, right? It could take you a hundred years to come back. What if everybody you know is old or dead or you're still the same age or the reverse you could come back really old to everybody on earth but it seemed like only a second had passed or i'm not leaving earth i'll be right back sure maybe your body will be but your mind it's in a different dimension i trust you you do said max Ernest. for some reason i wouldn't have been able to explain those three small words that had brought me to tears to his eye that that had brought tears to his eyes uh-huh. You'll bring me back for any if anything goes wrong. I know you will. But Max Ernest, if I do find out the secret, I won't be able to tell you. You know that, right? And that doesn't mean I don't trust you. It's just because I can't. Sometimes even best friends have to keep secrets from each other. Max Ernest didn't say anything. Uh, Max Ernest didn't say anything, but after a moment, he nodded. Good. 
Cass said, relieved. Okay, well, we're here. Here goes. She raised the chocolate to her lips and then paused. Like everyone said, she fantasized about the time, about time travel, but she'd never imagined that she'd actually been able to do it. And certainly not like this. It was, she was fairly confident that none of Max Ernest's dire, dire science fiction prediction would come true. Nonetheless, she had a feeling that when she came back, assuming she'd come back, nothing would be the same. Hey, Max Ernest, just in case, will, just in case, well, tell my mom I love her. No, Cass, don't. But Cass had already bit down on the chocolate bar. Okay, I'll tell her, Max Ernest concluded. He couldn't tell if she could hear him, but she was lost in the taste of the chocolate, the deepest, darkest chocolate of all time, the chocolate of time.